This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, at the weekend, we had the celebrations in the United Kingdom and indeed in many places across the world, uh, the coronation of King Charles III and Queen Camilla was a great uh, event for the British people and remarkably all across the world on American television um, everywhere and also on Irish television we had the majesty and all the colour of the occasion captured people enjoy watching it but others many others indeed enjoy scorning it belittling it and taking a general a generally superior attitude to the ritual of the monarchy it is nevertheless a fascinating subject and charles himself is a fascinating man in many regards and it's a pleasure to welcome to the stand again peter oburn peter is one of the great british journalists and one of the most courageous british journalists he's former chief political correspondent of the daily telegraph he was in that role as well at the spectator in, at, at one time and he was an award-winning columnist for the daily mail so he's um mixed it with the <laughs> with the worst and the best and is really one of the great journalists his latest book is called the fate of Abraham, why the West is wrong about Islam. He also has another publication, The Assault on Truth, Boris Johnson, Donald Trump, and the emergence of a new moral barbarism. Uh, there are many other books as well, including books on cricket, which is his pleasure and his hobby. Peter, you're very welcome to talk to us today, and we're very grateful to you. As I said in my introduction there, there were many differing reactions to the coronation at the weekend when the national anthem was played at Anfield where Liverpool play. It was roundly booed, but that wouldn't be to do with Charles so much as perhaps as Boris Johnson, who wrote some foul things about the people of Liverpool. Um, and other intellectuals or so-called intellectuals, they project an indifference, almost a superiority. What did you 
experience on the day and what is your view? Well, my view, I am a monarchist, but I would say start away, start straight away that there's in totally honorable to be a Republican and to regard the, monos- the uh, monarchy as, uh, as outdated and, and wrong. Um, and so I, there really are um, no criticisms of people who criticize the monarchy. And actually, I was appalled. And this was the decision by the, 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 the government, not by the monarchy, about these arrests of the anti-monarchists, of the Republicans. Yes. Which are, one of the things which, which the monarchy does do is, uh, and I know it's a controversial thing to say, is to embody British values and what we're about. And one of the things we are about in Britain, uh, and it's been forgotten by the wretched conservative government we have, is free speech and the freedom to protest. And so it was a shaming moment when these uh, protesters, honorably protesting against an institution they honorably disapprove of uh, and want to get rid of, uh, were, were arrested. And, and I'm really upset about that as a monarchist. Um, but, I mean, uh, the, the occasion itself, uh, I have to say I'm in uh, the Middle East, in the West Bank, but the occasion itself was, uh, I followed it closely, um, was glorious. And, um, very moving. Yes. And, um, and not something, I, 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 which not something we should be mocked, uh, as you were saying in your introduction, Eamon. But you know that there are so many British intellectuals who affect to be disdainful and indifferent and all the rest of it. It's, and they're entitled to their view. But there is, as the piece you wrote for Middle East Eye suggests, and I'd like you to talk about it, there is some real depth and substance to this man and this institution as well. Well, the, yes, the argument I made, um, which is, uh, very important is that Charles is not, as a lot of his opponents have represented him, uh, a, a, a sort of manifestation of the elite which is ruining Britain at the moment. The uh, kind of conservative, financially grasping elite which is trying to destroy institutions and create a world free for very rich men to get even richer. Now, that is not what the uh, British king is about, nor was his great predecessor, Queen Elizabeth II, his mother. It's, um, in fact, I think um, I argued in this piece that Charles is a subversive figure, a countercultural figure. Uh, And there are several reasons uh, for this, again, which are not popular reasons. The first, and this is the most important and overriding thing, he believes in God. Yes. Uh, and there is a, he, the, the, the coronation which was screened across the world is above all a sacred occasion. Yes. In which the, uh, the monarch is anointed by the, by the Archbishop of Canterbury. Uh, and it's about passing on the values of Christianity, um, and expressing those values. Uh, as a Christian myself, I see Jesus Christ as be, having been and still being his teaching being deeply subversive. It's, a, it's about, um, it's about love of your fellow men. It's about service to humanity. 
all these ideas which have you know in modern United States in modern Britain yes um, have been rejected self-sacrifice um, and service to the community and actually I, I wrote this piece because I picked up at my local church uh, uh, just before Easter a set of prayers issued by the Church of England to celebrate the coronation running up to the event last weekend and these were profoundly moving prayers which are about gentleness uh, kindness yes um and um honesty integrity and service now if you compare those values which are expressed very profoundly in the gospels but also in the language of the church of england they are they they are at odds with the prevailing um, values of the uh, i regret to say this because i'm a conservative really but a of the current British government, which is about greed, it's about um, enriching yourself at the expense of the community, um, doing what the super-rich want, because they want to attack the common domain so they can uh, take money for themselves, um, and about sort of serving yourself, making, you know, making yourself more prominent, more important at the expense of the public domain so that's what uh, and i i read the i have been saying these prayers and and um reading these prayers uh, and they are very profound and they're a profound condemnation about of the way we live now at one point early in your piece you say in a democratic age there are honorable reasons to oppose the institution of the monarchy put it this way you write if it did not exist, nobody would dream of inventing it, which I thought was a very, a very profound way of saying more than it appeared to say. It, nobody would dream of inventing it because it's too, it's too good and it's too, it's religious ethos. The way you describe it uh, is no longer fashionable. That's right, but also uh, other things about the monarchy which are um, so telling. It's it's about the past and the future. If you look at the, I'm only going to talk about British politicians because that's my expertise. They are about um, the, the current moment. You know, winning the next election, getting a headline. Um, the monarchy goes back a thousand years and looks f far into the future because it's got a different time span. Um, now, and therefore, it tells us a great deal about our history as a nation. Now, if you are Irish, and not just if you're Irish, uh, you, you know, you, the British Empire has uh, had many um, crimes. The Ireland knows about the crimes of, of Britain. Yes, so I'm not trying to not to look those things in the face. We have to do that. But we also have to look at the uh, at, at the better things in our history: the rise of freedom, the rise of parliamentary democracy, um, the fight against the slave trade, which we were part of. I mean, I, I'm not, uh, and that is the history uh, of which of which we inherit uh, and also take forward. The most important modern example of this, of course, is the environment. If yes. you look at the Sunak government, 
um, and the Johnson government, which preceded it, it just did nothing to, to about climate change or the, these are the great problems of a time. Now, that is because they have this, sin, this focused look, the current generation of politicians at, uh, at the short term, how do we win the next election? And you don't do it by challenging vested interests. Look ahead 50 years. Our grandchildren, our children actually now, climate change is the terrible problem, you know, which really can do, uh, you know, awful things to all of humanity. And uh, that is something which Charles, the environment has been a constant theme of his for, you know, really for 50 years. he, He has championed it. Uh, really, ever since he became a young man. Yes, I was um, mocked for doing that. I remember him being called a tree hugger and all kinds of things. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the content, the sneering by the media yes. political class um, at this very well-meaning. I mean, he go- go- goodness knows he's got faults, as we all have. We're all fu- fallen human beings. Yes. Sadly. We've all sinned, <laughs> continue to sin. Charles has has, is as fallen as the rest of us, but he is well-meaning. No, you can't get away from that, actually, that he means well and he cares. And he cares about the future. He cares about the past. He's not trapped in the, in, in the present moment. Yes. And the fact of his concern for the environment, how far back it goes, and also, as you point out in the piece you wrote for Middle East Eye, that it was Liz Truss who prevented him from going to COP27. And Rishi Sunak came in and uh, agreed with that decision and accepted Liz Truss's decision. So he, he wanted to go, he wasn't allowed to go. And as you say, this is, particularly for the younger generation, an existential threat to the world. Yes, I thought it was an extraordinary thing that, that they took two successive British prime ministers forbade the monarch from attending COP27 in Egypt, where I think he would have done, I mean, he would have spoken out about the environment. I'm sure he would have done it in an advised way. It is the king or the monarch is not allowed by convention to interfere in in political arguments. But this issue of Climate change is not actually at heart a political argument. It's just a common predicament which faces us all. And actually, it would have done Britain a lot of good because there would have been enormous interest in this new king and how he was going to uh, present himself at COP. It would have been what they call soft power. It's a really odd thing that the this deeply selfish political class we have running Britain, conservative politicians who are in league with big oil, um, because that is where uh, their sort of finances come from, um, would forbade the, uh, the the king from doing something which was so clearly um, not just in his sort of real um, committed, passionate subject of his for for decades, but also something which Britain must play a role in. So I, I really thought that was a shaming uh, a shaming moment, and it brings us on to this really interesting. A situation we're in now, I think, where the progressive intellectuals, you know, to look at the Guardian newspaper, basically are Republican, honorably so, but they don't like him from the left. 
and the far right doesn't. He pretends to like him, but it doesn't because their values are not his values. Their values are greed and hatred. They love, they are, they spread bigotry against yes. minorities and they are greedy to exploit the state for their own dismal ends to do with money. And Charles is not about those things. And they will go, I predict, you wait, wait and see the, the Murdoch press will, will go for Charles because it's about it's about the values of the present day that are aligned uh, to the political uh, right wing. Now, uh, and, and the Guardian will go for him. It's been a moment last weekend where they it was carried out with such, as a general rule, I highlighted the very sad thing about the arrests of the uh, of, of the of the thoroughly honourable protesters but i uh, i don't see I, I see a dismal future in terms of there's going to be a pincer movement against the monarch from the republican the progressive left yes and from the uh, from the right which um doesn't like him really if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers with Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
be. Let me ask you about a sentence in your piece which is intriguing. You write, ultimately, religion and liberalism embody two opposite ways of seeing the world. Could you elaborate slightly on that, Peter? Yeah, I, yes. So what I wrote, and I have been criticized for it, um, honorably, again, honorably so. So what I was saying is that liberalism is, um, it comes from individual rights. It focuses on the yes. uh, individual. Religion is about the community, about the compassion, love your fellow men, and us existing as part of a larger corporate entity really which is humanity and also the communities in which we uh, live and thrive uh, and and i, I li what liberals have criticized this for saying that they don't care about their fellow men and i that's of course not what i was saying what i said though is that the the driving uh, sort of um intellectually liberalism is a critique uh, of, of of religion, it's a critique. It sees things in an individual way, not a collective way. Yeah, and it has, in Ireland, we say whatever you're having yourself. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> the Irish have a, always have a way, a beautiful well, way of. If you're in a bar, <laughs> someone yeah. says, oh, yes, yeah, you want well, a drink, ah, whatever you're having yourself. <laughs> but it, it also extends uh, to morality and uh, indeed to uh, opinions in general. Well, it, what it can do is it enfranchises, it gives credibility when it is abused to selfishness. Yes. And greed. And what liberalism has enabled is this rise uh, in Britain of a super selfish class of rich, almost always men, by the way, who, who, who uh, have effectively uh, intruded on the public domain by purchasing huge influence in political parties, particularly the Conservatives. And uh, politics actually should be about serving the common purpose. And, um, you know, my, I, I, obviously I have a hero in Winston Churchill, but just as big a hero, uh, Clem Attlee, the um, post-war Labour leader yes, who created the modern yes. welfare state. And we now have a new generation which are about... Uh, it's incredible, actually, the uh, way in which the rich are able to purchase access to political power yes. in a way which has never happened before, or not happened re in recent recent history. It ha did happen in the 18th century and the and then early 19th century. There was terrible corruption, but that was was brought to an end. Yes, one of the other points you made is uh, more profound, really. Uh, and I didn't know it, and many of our listeners won't know it that. The king has made known that he detests the government's proposal to deport asylum seekers to Rwanda, mm -hmm. uh, which actually many of us find repulsive, uh, really, uh, as a as an idea, and almost well, it's racist too. Yeah, well, he's yeah, he's made that um, that was indicated when he was before he became king, when he was yes. still the uh, prince of Wales. You can see all kinds of. Um, areas of public life where he is at odds uh, with this conservative government. Environment, climate change is one. Um, human rights um, uh, is another. He he um, was very much um, we know we know this uh, worried and opposed by 
the Iraq war, one, one can suppose that he is um, nervous about areas of British uh, foreign policy, uh, and you can go into, and I think he's also, there, um, on, on religion, you can see that he's much more interesting and thoughtful about uh, religion than um, the current government, which is really trying to impose a form of, uh, as I, I mean, secular liberalism, uh, the new official ideology of the British state. Um, and really, Charles is about freedom of religion. He, he embraced, you know, all the religions, uh, not just Christianity in his in, in the coronation. This was a major, obviously, we remain, a, you know, Christianity remains the uh, state religion, but it, there's a real reaching out now to, uh, to other religions and other communities. Yes, and you make the point in writing about him, I'll quote you literally, to take the case of Islam, Charles sought to learn Arabic in order to better understand the Quran. He opposed the Iraq war and powerfully rebutted the clash of civilizations thesis advanced by Samuel Huntingdon. Yes, he's, uh, and this is very profound and it's very real. He's made some remarkable uh, in speeches. Uh, and he said, by the way, not just about Islam, Judaism, um, Hinduism, he's really engaged. He clearly cares a great deal about religion, but he's still thinking not just as a, as an Anglican. He is head of the Church of England, head of the uh, state church in England. But he's it's more than that. It's he cares. He believes in faith and faith communities, um, and thinks deeply about them. And sometimes does. And, and as you said earlier, he, he has frequently got mocked for it. Personally, I think this engagement with faith is very enriching. He's made some profoundly interesting speeches on um, Islam, which go against the prevailing current of our age uh, and are all the more welcome for it. Yes, and he, he, it's not unknown, I understand, from many years ago, some uh, British politician telling me it's not unknown for cabinet ministers or even prime ministers to receive a note from Charles, uh, yes, which yes. goes back decades, I think, when he was a prince. Uh, I think it goes back a very, yeah. And actually, I mean, they were, they, they are quite, uh, I've, I've, I've spoken to ministers who've um, read these quite long um, yes. letters, uh, <laughs> with, which, uh, um, which uh, they, some, some of them like it. Others uh, find it a bit of an annoyance, but he is entitled as monarch, and I think he will have to play down his uh, political uh, views now that he has uh, become king. I mean, his mother, the Queen Elizabeth II, who really never put a foot foot wrong, as as Ireland as as yes, Ireland knows, very much so, and she was very important and most impressive when she came to Dublin and spoke her sentence in Irish. Uh, she mm. was quite remarkable, uh, really. No, and that whole visit to Croke Park, didn't she yes, go there? That, she did, that time yes. That terrible crime by the... Yes, um, Bloody yeah, Sunday. I mean, by the British committed a terrible crime in Croke Park. And, and, and really, I think her, that visit, um, she, know, but she, she was extraordinary. And, I, and she, she just had that, ability to, to say the right thing, do the right thing, 
uh, without appearing it making it difficult or um I, 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 she was extraordinary. Now, Charles is not the, uh, yeah, he may, he may be, he will grow into that kind of role, but certainly as Prince of Wales, we know about his personal embarrassments, difficulties. Um, and also he, I think probably sometimes became too involved in, in British politics or became, came very close to that in a way that his mother, wouldn't have dreamed of doing. I mean, but he had a latitude maybe as Prince of Wales. He was, after yes. all, um, you know, he, he, he's the oldest, um, he's the oldest new king, uh, to take the, take, take the throne, uh, in, in, uh, in history, uh, in, in the history of the monarchy. Yeah, you, remind, <laughs> you remind us of King Edward the seventh, and as you write, an overweight cigar smoker who favoured the company of plutocrats, uh, he embodied the spirit of his age. Uh, King Charles III does not. Yeah, that's uh, right. Um, and that said, actually, King Charles, Edward the seventh turned out to be, contrary to what many people expected, quite a good king. I mean, he... There is a school, lively school of thought that his sort of wisdom he brought to the throne might have headed off World War One because he sort of uh, he was accomplished diplomatically, King Edward the Seventh, uh, and King his successor, King George the Fifth. Um, you know, he, he'd only just taken over when when that terrible war. Yes, uh, broke out, and uh, you, there is a view about. There was a sort of pragmatic, easygoing um, kind of uh, feeling to King Edward the Seventh, uh, and Charles I th is is taking to the throne in a with a sense of self um, awareness, self um, you know mockery. I mean, is that the right word? Yes, irony. He, he, Irony, you know, he, he, hmm. he, he doesn't take himself too seriously. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. He doesn't, he's not taking himself too seriously. And personally, Camilla, I think she's, she's delightful. She's fantastic. And they really both, and her in particular, suffered desperately at the time of Diana and her mm. maneuvers mm. and adventures. That must have been a very hard time, but I can only judge from Camilla's face. And it's the face yeah. of a, of a kind, self-assured, and rather human person. Very human and great fun. Yes, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, you can see it, there is a rather nice late late life love affair going on there. Which, yes, um, of course. Uh, which uh, I think actually you can sense uh, and gives a lot of uh, assurance to Charles. Um, you know, obviously the whole Diana thing was a terrible. Um, tragedy yes and uh you know if there were faults on the side of the i'm afraid you can't exonerate king prince of wales as he was then uh, or, but he, if i may say so you can't exonerate diana entirely either i oh, no, i'm sure but I, I, it's private business yes. as well not I, you know we're, we're not entitled no, no. to sit in judgment on our fellow human beings no. really but it's um you know it's obviously a terribly sad thing all of that and but what you have now seen 30 years three decades later there is an ease and uh, a lack of solemnity about charles and uh, and camilla the king and queen as they now are which i think um it is it, going well at the moment
very well. People people respond to it. Yes, indeed. I'd just like to finish, Peter, by just uh, reading the concluding sentences to your piece. You talk, you're talking about Charles. That makes him a subversive figure. It may turn out that he is more in touch with the British people than his enemies realize. So we shall see about that. But it was a brilliant piece, fascinating, and a must-read for any skeptic, I would say, or indeed any cynic. So thank you very much indeed for joining us uh, to talk about it. And I strongly recommend anyone who can get Middle East Eye uh, to read that Which you piece. can do. You just plug in MiddleEastEye.net. It's there it is. It will come up. Yeah. Okay. And anything else Peter does, you should read as well. Peter, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, congratulations on what was a fascinating piece, a counterpoint, if you like, to much of the rubbish that we read. And funnily enough, these so-called patriotic tabloids will be the death of them because they keep banging on about the soap opera of Harry and Meghan. Thank you very much to Peter, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.